0: Welcome to Reconciling Grace, a program where church leaders discuss various topics from the Bible. During the discussions, there may or may not always be agreement from every panel member on every point, but there is full agreement on the fact that the way to God the Father is through the Reconciling Grace of Jesus Christ.
1: This is Pete Becky, and I'm glad that you're joining us today for another episode of Reconciling Grace we are still being a little bit technically challenged. Technologically, though, things are wonderful. We have some people on site. I'm here on site in the studio, as is Vicki Cundiff. And remotely, we have Mick Wells and Don McDonald, Pastor Mac. We have two on site. We have two off site. And we are thankful for the Lord letting us be able to use the technology to meet this way. Today... The discussion is going to be on a topic that comes directly from the Bible. Uh, The question is something that Pilate asked Jesus when Pilate was trying Jesus right before the crucifixion. When Jesus said that he had come to testify to the truth, Pilate asked, what is truth? And um, that's the name of this Discussion today is what is truth? Have you ever wondered, any of you, why there's no answer recorded in that passage after Pilate asked, What is truth?
2: I don't think he was interested in one. He just walked away according to the scriptures. So he didn't really want to have this discussion anyway or do anything with it. And so, you know, he was grudgingly doing it anyway. And I think to him, Jesus was just another person uh-huh. that had done something wrong and he was having to take care of it. So I think it was more sarcastic mm-hmm. in like, what is truth? And he just walks away.
1: That's a good point. Anybody but he else? didn't
2: know what he was walking away from, did he? That's really? right. <laughs> yeah. He was
1: walking away from the truth, wasn't he?
2: Yes, he was.
1: Anybody else have any ideas on that? Or is that what we want to kind of
0: all agree on or what? Well, I, as occurs elsewhere in the scripture, uh, if the scripture's silent on something we really don't know if it was answered or not I think you put it well it's there was no answer recorded in the passage but um, what, it, what is truth is you know do you think it was uh, aspiratorically
1: that's very possible well I don't know that uh, that I have a better answer than what Vicky said. I think I kind of tend to agree with that and admit kind of what you said. I think we're kind of along the same uh, page there, kind of on the same page. Because, as you said, Vicky, I don't think he really wanted to know. I think it was more of a, what is truth? You know, we don't know. But how about this one? Does truth um, tend to be different based on differences such as understandings or viewpoints or definitions? Um I'm going to give an example that I've seen, and I may have used it in previous episodes of Reconciling Grace, but I've seen this picture before where we have two different people standing, and on the ground in front of them is a is a number, and one of them is standing on the bottom, and one of them is standing on the top. Or is the other one standing on the top, and the other one standing on the bottom? We don't know, but one of them says it's a number nine, another one says it's a number six. Is there any validity to that uh, question that, that based on differences in understandings and viewpoints and definitions that um, there could be different ways
3: of understanding truth? I think there's different ways to experience truth. You know, if, if when I'm doing counseling and working with people, I, I usually start with what their perception of an event is that they're in for counseling. And you almost have to let them determine what truth is for them in that setting. But that doesn't mean it's right or wrong. It just means it's their perception.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: And then the next step is, okay, what is fact and fiction? What is true? What is false? And, and you sort of have to, as a counselor over the years, um, you always find yourself fascinated, but this is what, really you're experiencing and yet you're denying it you know it's one of those workings going on Mm -hmm. so i always look at truth and sort of begin with the attitude of what is the perception of
0: what's being experienced with the truth then well pete one thing that uh occurs to me is that there's many wonderful Bible-believing, spirit-filled Christians who have differing viewpoints of what the Bible is saying. You know, I, I think that's represented among us. You know, we've, we've often uh, talked about Don coming from a Calvinist perspective and and uh, as opposed to somebody like me who comes from, I won't say Arminian, but a little different perspective with a little heavier emphasis on free will. But um, I think that it, we'll take the rapture, for instance, a, a timely topic on our minds. There there are five, at least five prominent views of the rapture and the timing of it out there. They can't all be true, per se. They can't all be perfectly accurate. And yet those who espouse any given position would probably say that's the truth to them. And it also occurs to me, Pete, um, that you can have two people witness the same event, come up with different recollections of what occurred and both of them can pass lie detector tests. So I guess one of the things that I'd like to clarify in our discussion, is is truth relative or is it absolute?
1: That's a good question. Um, One of my thoughts on that, Mick, kind of goes right along with what you were saying. Um, You used the example of two different people witnessing the same event. Um, Let me go back to the thing that I started with was that number on the ground in front of two people. I wonder if sometimes a lot of the idea is that we haven't always stopped to look at the truth from a different angle. You know, we only use our own perceptions. But maybe if I'm looking at that number as a six, and if I were to walk around to the other side, I might say, oh, now I see why you think that's a nine, or whatever it might be. Um, I think that sometimes we get so caught up in our own understandings, in our own perceptions, and our own experiences, that we tend to forget that other people can experience the same thing and understand it differently. Does that make sense?
0: Well, it it does, except when you look at something like the Ten Commandments, there's not a lot of fuzz on, you know, bearing false witness and so forth or uh, coveting or murder or what have you. There are some things that I would like to believe that God holds us absolutely true
1: hmm and and let's face it, we are human beings, and I think everybody here except for Vicky has rationalized things in their own minds. Vicky, I'm joking you're you're smiling <laughs> at me over there we we all we all rationalize things we all will make an excuse to say, well, in this case it might not be wrong or or whatever it might be um at the same time, I think that we will oftentimes, as well, many people, will tend to be too hard on themselves because we, we want to be, quote, perfect. And as human beings, we won't ever really attain that perfection this side of, of heaven. Um, but the bottom line is, there is really, um, I think, only one true truth. And we're going to get a little bit into that uh, in a little bit here. Don, I think I'd like to ask if you could read that passage that I'd asked you to read in John chapter 6, verses 28 and 29, exploring the question, um, what the Bible says about what to believe. Because when it comes to truth, like Mick, we've been talking about a little bit here, okay, do you believe it's a 6 or do you believe it's a 9? Do you believe, you know... That, that this aspect of the truth or that aspect of the truth is right. Um, let's let's just explore what it means uh, about belief. So, Don, if you could read that passage, I'd appreciate it.
3: Sure. John 6, 28, 29. Then they asked him, what must we do, do the works God requires? Jesus answered, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. Okay so let's build off of that vicki
1: could you read for us john 12 verse 44
2: then jesus cried out whoever believes in me does not believe in me only but in the one who sent me
1: okay so we're looking at the word believe and then let's also look at the at the phrase the one who sent me the one who sent me in john uh, is in john 6 57 uh, jesus says this he says just as the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so the one who feeds on me will live because of me. So we know that the one who sent me means God the Father, when Jesus is talking about that. So again, let's look at believe again. Mick, um, as I said before we started, I think you might know this passage too, John 3:16. but let's just read it just in case there's somebody out there who might be not really all
0: that uh, educated in the Bible. Yeah, absolutely. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world, he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Well, I don't think we can get
1: much clearer than that. Um, We are to believe in Jesus. Does anybody have any uh, disagreement
3: with that? I think as I was reading through all that, Pete, I'm always amazed. I've been blessed with a lot of people who are new believers in Christ over my years here at Danforth, how you can preach that truth and live that truth. And you're just not sure if they're taking it in and all of a sudden all the lights come on and what you think they're not thinking about the truth. They say, this is the Jesus I need. This Hmm. is the truth that he died on the cross for me this is the power you know because in our world today and i think this is something where you're sort of digging at pete is we've spent so much time in subjective realities in our existence as a culture that we forget there is a subjective reality that comes along in jesus christ and you know and and i and i think mick asked a fair question and you know sort of like what is truth in many ways we can all agree, whether we're our minister Calvinist, that Jesus is Lord, that he died on the cross for us, that he rose again from the dead and he sits at the right hand of God, the father, we can excuse the phrase, rock and roll in that. Mm-hmm. That is truth. Amen. And, we, and yeah. we can agree on that. And there are times where you have people around you who can't and you're like, okay, what's going on here? This is objective reality. I mean, look at your John's journey you're taking. Um, and that's powerful to me it is very powerful and yet
1: um, I like the phrase that you used Don besides the rock and roll I really like that phrase we can rock and roll with that and what I think we'll do here is I want to remember that phrase as we pick up with the second half of today's episode so right now we need to take a break for our sponsor and we'll be right back with Reconciling Grace And we're back with Reconciling Grace talking about rock and roll. No, wait a minute. Don said we could rock and roll with something about truth. And the idea about that was an illustration he was talking about with the with the fact that uh, no matter what our Christian persuasion or background, you know, when we were talking about Arminius or Calvinist or, you know, there are other things, of course, Lutheran, Methodist, Presbyterian, whatever. If we believe in Jesus Christ, that is the key. That is the main key, and we can all agree on that. But one of the things that, that, Don, you also said was talking about how the light just goes on sometimes after we've been talking to people about Jesus. And it just reminds me so much about this illustration that that I've heard and I've used many, many times. You know, when we evangelize, when we try to talk to people about Jesus One of the best illustrations that I have heard, this is not original with me, I don't remember who told it to me where I heard it, but it's just something that that just is so poignant to me, that um, if you take an axe and you're going to chop down a tree, and I'll let you imagine the size of the tree, the width of the tree, you know how how thick it is, you are probably not going to be able to cut down that tree with one blow of the axe. In fact, you might need 532 blows of that axe to cut down that tree. Well, you might not know it, but God might be in the process of getting to that 532, and he's asked you to do uh, blow number 313 in this person's life. But all of them are needed. And Don, as you said, sometimes that light will just come on because... 532, I think that was the number I said, 532 will hit. And it's like, ah, I got it now. I understand. Um, so that's so important. And again, I believe that's the, the Holy Spirit at work.
3: And, and I think, Pete, when, you, when you're saying that, the thing that really comes to my mind, let's it apply it to our understanding of truth. That You know, Mick brought out in the middle of the program about the rapture. I mean, we're all sitting here with probably different viewpoints of rapture. But sometimes it takes a lot of conversation to figure out really where we fit together in truth. You know, the the Reformed Church I'm a part of, we're having a hard time agreeing on what is truth and how do we interpret truth? That's one of the major issues we're having as a denomination. And I think the most important part is that you look at the majors and say, what are the majors we can agree on? And then as you work on the others, you accept the reality it's in process. It's, mm-hmm. it's something that you work through and on, you know, when, when we were talking about the, the introduction about, you know, Jesus, you know, when, when Jesus is getting ready to be crucified, you know, what is the truth, Pilate asks. And in some ways he's, he does say it with a retort and a little bit of attitude, but the flip of that is we're all sort of trying to figure out how the truth relates to our culture and sometimes I think our culture makes us go, okay, where are our, our places where we stand firm as Christians? Where is that place where we see Jesus and we acknowledge that God has sent him, that we see Jesus in his love and in his grace? Um, I've been preaching a lot of how do we get back to the basics of the faith? Because I think we've walked away from the basics. We're, we're too um, wrapped up in the clutter and the noise of the world. And we're back to the question, what is truth? Mm -hmm. And, And I think that's part of the process of where we're at. I don't think it's all bad either, Pete. I think it's a good conversation to have because we learn in encountering the truth and seeing how it works.
2: I think the problem is, and not just in the culture we live in, but it's always been the problem down through the course of time, is trying to decide truth from our culture instead of changing the culture to believe the truth. Yeah. And so Jesus is, we're going to get to the Scripture, He's the way, the truth, and the life, but we've been proving through the Scriptures that Jesus is the truth. Mm-hmm. God yeah. is the truth. Right. The danger of not believing in absolute truth of the Word of God, which I absolutely do, is like this Scripture, for instance, John 3.16. For God's who loved the world, He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. Now, we all agree that that is absolute truth, right? Absolutely. Well, there's people that are going to say, well, I don't believe in that true. That's Mm -hmm. not true. Right. And so we're trying to take the Word of God, and we're trying to trade it in for something that we want to believe in. But we can believe that, but what is true is still true, no matter what viewpoint we want to have, whether it's this or anything else in life. Truth is truth. You can have a different viewpoint. For instance, people believe in evolution. You know, I, I don't believe it in the way that people do. I believe that God created the world. But at the same time, evolution is a theory, but yet people believe it as truth. It can't be proven uh, that that's how the world was created, but they use it as truth. And so that's just one example of many of how people try to make their own truth. Basically, it's because it's what they want to believe in. Mm-hmm. It's what is best for them in their life. It's, I want to keep, keep continuing to live in the sin, maybe, they're saying, and so I want to believe this. So we have to, If it's very dangerous to get, to believe that the word of God is not absolute truth. He gets to create truth, to say that Jesus is truth, which he said that he is, to say that he is truth and everything about God, everything that he says in his word is true, whether we want to believe it is true or not. So if you remember, what is it in Corinthians, Pete, Uh, 1 Corinthians, and they talked about uh, people trying to follow their own wisdom and how foolish that it was, or Romans, is it Romans? Anyway, trying to follow their own, uh, I think it is Romans, follow their own wisdom instead of uh, the Word of God and how foolish that that is. And so I think it's very dangerous not to believe in absolute truth, and I think that every culture wants to change it into something, you know, moral relativity. Change it into what they want truth to be.
1: I think it's the old adage that um, I've heard said before, where instead of what the Bible says is God made <laughs> humans, man, let's let's be inclusive and say humans in His own image, um, where where the philosophers say that we make God in our image. And we can't do that. God is the one who makes us, yeah. and I think that so often we're looking at the world's wisdom, and the world thinks that it has a lot of wisdom, and you know we could keep going on that, but I think I do want to get back to this um, idea of believe, because that's where we that's where we are. We do need to believe in Jesus, and and I've I've loved this conversation that we've had here, um, but. Uh, I think it's important that we get back to this about we are to believe in Jesus. So what does the Bible say about Jesus? And Vicki, you just kind of answered um, with that. You said we're going to get to that. And, and and we are right here. John 14, 6, Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father. Except through me, and I think Don, you were going to read that, but um, it was just so much of what what I was saying there. I didn't mean to skip you, uh, so.
3: May hey, Peter is forgiveness.
1: I understand that, and I appreciate that. You and I, you and I have have known and 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 loved each other for many, 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 many years, and we forgive each other for a lot. I think so,
3: it, bro. It. I, I I just want to dive in a little bit, though. You know, it's, it's I I appreciate that when we look at scripture and we all can agree that that is our absolute objective truth, I appreciate that and I gravitate towards that and I revel in that and I preach that truth, you know, Sunday in and Sunday out. And, and I'm always amazed of how, like you were saying, Pete, the Holy Spirit takes a hold of people and saying, yes, this is the truth. Mm-hmm. This is the truth. And, and I think the hardest part for me is dealing with people who just can't see it. Yeah. And I, I, as a Calvinist would say that, you know, God just hasn't been there to work in his heart yet, but it just, and, and I, I remember years and years and years ago at, at one of the mega churches in the Chicago area, they had an atheist and, um, a, uh, a philosopher, his degree was in Christian philosophy. I can't remember the technical name of that, and they couldn't even agree on how to begin to argue
0: <laughs>
3: because they had different truths. Yep. They I, had different <laughs> truths. And and I think, you know, when you were asking that, I, I go that's over like 30 years ago now. And and I think we need to acknowledge the truth of Jesus and the power of Jesus, but we also need to acknowledge. I, I just read today in that delightful thing called Facebook, how we are living in a post Christian world where what we thought was truth for our culture is no longer
1: for the culture you mean in their view is what you're trying to say right 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 yeah. thank you right and that I agree um you know again we're we're getting a little bit far afield, but I don't want to stop this part of the discussion because it's so important um I remember going back to my probably childhood days if not at least maybe my teen years early 20s where Billy Graham would use his proof for the fact that he was right by saying the Bible says and people would take that and say well if the Bible says it you know that's that's the authority now if I were to stand up and say well the Bible says I would get a whole lot of people would say so what you know it's just I've never
2: come across that because I'm I'm one of those Bible says people. (laughs) Right, right. But I'm saying
1: when I'm trying to prove this to people who don't know Jesus, the the Bible itself, even in our culture, even 50 years ago, was a much more respected book than it is now.
2: I thought Uh, you were talking about preaching. Oh, no, no, no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I I thought you were talking about him preaching the word. (laughs)
1: No, no, I didn't mean it in that way. I'm sorry if I brought it across that way. But the point is that there are people in this world who— the name of Jesus means nothing to them. the right. The Bible means nothing to them, and you can now say that that the Bible says such and such. In fact, let's just say the Bible says believe in Jesus, and and people are looking to say so what? What's the Bible? The Bible doesn't mean anything. It's just an old book. It it doesn't uh, contain any truth or whatever. I believe in, and they'll say whatever you know, whether it be Buddhism or 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 uh, Islam or or atheism or whatever it might be so it's important that we take that basis Don that you've been talking about too and understand about the truth and Vicki I am finally going to get to this other passage here where I asked you to be ready to read it John 8:31 to 32
2: Jesus said if you hold to my teaching you are really my disciples then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free
1: and I believe that, and, and I think we need to all believe that as Christians as well. Um, the truth will set us free. So know Jesus, you will know the truth. What is truth? The truth is Jesus. But let's not stop there. Jesus also said something in John 16, 12, and 13. And Mick, I've asked if you would please read this.
0: Yeah, one of my favorite passages, and then I have a comment. Absolutely. The word says, I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear, but when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. And I think it's like a chapter away from Jesus praying to the Father, a plea for unity among believers. Mm. And what breaks my heart is how so many different views are out there when people are claiming to be led by the same holy spirit i think it probably breaks the lord's heart to see how fragmented christianity has become compartmentalized into the many denominations and views and the trivia over which they break up or or that divide them and i just don't understand when I step back from a human standpoint, I don't see how, if we're all looking to the same spirit, how all this heartbreaking fracturing has taken place.
1: My thought on that, Mick, is is very, um, I don't know, difficult to say, I guess. But I sometimes wonder if a lot of people who profess to be following Jesus are simply not really following Jesus. They profess to be Christians, but they are really not following jesus they're following maybe a denomination they may be following academia they may be following um the the things that they taught by the seminarians and you know we really are almost out of time here um so before we close and we're going to go into a part two we haven't stopped this discussion folks i just want to say this is where we've traveled thus far with these verses In addition to clearly showing the Holy Trinity, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and the triune God in all those verses, because we've talked about God the Father, we've talked about the Holy Spirit, those verses clearly show that Jesus is the way to the Father, Jesus is the truth, and the Holy Spirit leads us into the truth. So, we're going to be um, having a second session on this. Mick, I know that you are wanting to keep saying something, but we'll, we'll have to get to that in the next session. So, for Mick Wells, for Don McDonald, and for Vicki Cundiff, this is Pete Vecchi, and I want to thank you for joining us today for Reconciling Grace.
0: This has been Reconciling Grace. If you have a comment or a question for our panel, or if you would like to invite one or more of our panelists to share with your church or group, please send an email to rg at faithandfriendsradio.com. And thank you for listening to Reconciling Grace.